0: Support for 100 Watts and a Wire is brought to you by 100wattsandawire.com. To subscribe to the show, simply click the RSS feed or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. When you visit, apply for your free 100 Watts ID and learn how you can become a sustaining member. Click the donate page and pick the option that works best for you. We've got a traveling toolkit, 100 Watts and a Wire gear, and activity days with prizes. That's 100 wire.com And ICOM, new year, new savings. Bring in the new year loud and clear with some of ICOM's most innovative products. Check out the website for current promotions on ICOM's 7610, 7300, and 9700. Visit ICOMAmerica.com slash amateur for more information on all ICOM radios and LDG. Check out LDG's new Balins and Onions. The RU 9-to-1 Onion is perfect for connecting your coax to an end-fed long wire antenna, and the RU 1-to-1 Onion helps keep RF out of your shack under any condition. Take a look at the website, ldgelectronics.com, for more info. LDG Electronics. Everywhere you look, there's an LDG. <music>
1: And now from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire.
0: Well, hello, friends. It's Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel, K0STH, coming to you from America's Heartland, just north of the city of St. Louis. Glad to be with you today. Thanks. Uh, just a side note, real quick, on sports. Many of you know, if you've been listening for a while, I am from the city of Baltimore. And uh, uh, many people have taken the time to drop a line to say, you know, dang, man, dang. And it was kind of like, hey, you're just kind of breaking my balls. But people actually genuinely were pulling for the Ravens, who were the best team during the regular season with a 14-2 record and a 23-year-old quarterback, uh, doing amazing things. And yes. The loss to Tennessee, and they came to play. Make no mistake about it, friends. They had beat the Patriots the week before. They came into Baltimore with the feel. Baltimore had off for two weeks. Our starting quarterback, Lamar Jackson, had off for three. He got the flu during that time. And they came out flat. They were beaten in the playoffs. No problem. Understand. I'm not sad for the players. They are mega rich. I am not. I do feel for the people of Baltimore who uh, who put so much in, and they deserve a winning team. They got a winning team, didn't get the uh, result we wanted in the end, but I appreciate people who have reached out and not trying to just break my balls. Appreciate that. Then on the other side of this, we got baseball. You got the Houston Astros caught cheating. Meanwhile, they win a World Series over the Dodgers, who again got back to the World Series against the Red Sox, and it turns out... Uh, the manager of the Red Sox today used to be a bench coach for the Houston Astros. Are you following me here? He cheated in Houston and he cheated in Boston. Worth noting, the Los Angeles Dodgers, who, I, again, I do not feel for the owners or the team or the players, but they got screwed, man. They got screwed. Two cheating teams. You know? Meanwhile, they get to the World Series against these two teams. And, and what happened? So it's kind of wacky. There's some discipline that has been handed down for the coach and the general manager of the Houston Astros. They were uh, penalized by the league. And then the ownership of the Houston Astros said, mm, that's not enough. I'm firing both of their asses now. And it happened within like a shoot. Good call on the owner. But what a mess. What? A mess. Great show, if I must say so. I've got an interesting conversation coming up uh, that I want to share with you. We're going to talk about the digital modes, but I do want to catch you up a little bit on what I've been doing. And since October, I joined the St. Louis Aries team. And um, very interesting, as I watched the developments in Puerto Rico, we've had two more earthquakes, uh, earthquakes, a sizable measure, And I've been um, doing emergency communications correspondent work with Amateur Radio Newsline. We did a piece, and it looks like many more will be coming as we watch the things unfold in Puerto Rico and other places. This one just happens to be in American territory and very close here. Well, they're getting hammered. they got a lot of problems. They've asked for emergency communications help. I'm hearing that Ares... Uh, has been uh, called. They've uh, asked for volunteers. I don't know right now if it's a jurisdiction. We're watching this sort of unfold as I'm recording here today. Back in October, I committed to the St. Louis Aries team, and it meant that I started uh, more study And I decided to take the show to a couple times a month. I'll bring it back, you know, uh, definitely twice a month. But if I need to break on and do a recording at any given time, I have the flexibility to do that. But I'm training more for emergency communications. I was taking over the holiday. I probably should have waited. The EC-001 course. The ARRL has now issued sort of a standard where you have to have certain courses uh, under your belt to qualify, to move on, to continue that sort of deal. You have to be trained, and they've got a criteria now, and we'll break that down as we go. But the EC001 course was on this list, and it was one that I didn't have. There are other things I need to do. You need to be checking into nets. You need to be going to Aries meetings, etc. Again, we'll talk about this. So The EC001 course is meant to be a nine week course. And over the holiday, I thought, well, I'll have some time. I'm on vacation. I'll read. It's mostly reading. And uh, I feel good that, you know, I've been a ham for a while now. And some of this thing, you know, we've learned and we've picked up along the way nets, net control, these sorts of things. The, uh, you know, what you're doing as a net control operator, uh, some weather stuff, propagation. So I just, it was a lot of reading. I ended up finishing it up uh, probably a couple of weeks early. And now I'm moving into um, CERT training, which is Community Emergency Response Team. This has uh, very little, if nothing, to do with amateur radio. However, when first responders in your area are uh, spread too thin, you can have some training. Citizens can have training putting out fires, bandaging people up, that sort of thing. So I'm going to be doing a nine-week training course into the classroom. And so that's what I've been doing. And uh, studying emergency communications, I believe it is the now and the future of amateur radio, uh, for me at least, you ever, to each their own. You can do whatever. But uh, for me, it's uh, my interest of study at this point, And there's so many things to study and do, so many different courses you can take. And um, that's where I am. That's kind of the state of my station, if you will. I'm going to take a break. We'll come back. I've got an interesting interview coming up. And we're going to talk uh, about the digital modes next.
1: In a land where we're all 20 over, this is 100 Watts and a Wire.
0: Bring in the new year with some of ICOM's most innovative products, the 7610. This is a direct sampling transceiver that will change the world's definition of SDR, software-defined radio. It has the ability to pick out the faintest signals, even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. Now with the IC7300, ICOM is changing the way entry-level HF is designed. This high-performance innovative HF transceiver has a compact design and will far exceed your expectations. And the IC9700, it was built with VHF-UHF weak signal operators in mind. With faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal Visit ICOMAmerica.com slash amateur for more information on all ICOM radios. And BioNO Power, offering the best performance lithium iron phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioNOPower.com, that's B-I-O-E-N-N-O-P-O-W-E-R.com, or contact dealers nationwide.
1: We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. Back to net control with Christian K0STH.
0: Joining us today uh, is a friend of mine, a friend of our community. It's Evan, Whiskey 8 Kilo Juliet Romeo. And we talk about everything from knives to firearms to camping. And today we're going to talk about digital modes because when we have our conversations, and welcome, Evan. You
2: doing okay in Ohio? Hey, we're doing great. A little, little rainy and soggy here, but uh, nothing to be too concerned with. We had all that rain, and it sort of goes your way.
0: And uh, we had maybe two inches of snow. It looks beautiful here, but it is really saturated. I expect my uh, sinuses to uh, uh, to tackle me sometime this week with all this uh, the water. But, you know, I was just saying, we talk about all these things, and I feel like I can talk to you about these things until we get to say the digital modes and then it's just a one-sided conversation because I I consider myself a digital idiot. I know a little bit about D-Star and our friend John Amadeo with Last Man Standing. He's the go-to guy for D-Star. He's probably rolling. I can hear his eyes (laughs) roll when I say I know a little bit about D-Star, man. Sure. Yeah. Because uh, I, I have nothing but problems but now now that he's helped me set it up, I feel like I know a little bit about it. And I guess um, we should maybe talk about, for one, you're a member of the uh, 100 Watts and Wire community and you've listened to the show for a while and we met because you were doing some, uh, what do they call moderating work with Josh, oh. who's also a member of our community but has a, a great community of his own too. With uh, It's a ham radio crash course. And uh, so we started talking about things with 100 and contributing here, uh, to be, to be fair, to set you up as a member of our community. What is it about the digital modes for you that is appealing? And, uh, maybe just, just start back and talk a little bit about yourself and how you know anything about these digital modes, because I, I do feel that HF has kind of had a grip on me for so long that I, and I kid on the show that I don't I you know I don't have time for a digital mistress is what I'll say but uh, I
2: <laughs> I like that term it's uh, it's it's suiting go ahead and run with it and, uh, and tell me what you think and why uh, why you dig it all right um well when i uh first decided to get back into hf after a little bit of a hiatus from radio in general um i didn't have a whole whole lot to work with um don't have a lot of large trees or a lot of property. And um, we were kind of coming off of the uh, sunspots being decent and uh, things kind of started to go downhill in that regard. At the same time, I was trying to get back on the air. Um, and I had somebody at our radio club introduce me to uh, PSK 31, which was the hot thing at the time. Um, and they're like, oh, this is great for, uh, for weak signals. And, you know, I talked to people on 10 Watts and, and a wire, of course. Uh, <laughs> and, um, so I'm like, well, this sounds like something I should be looking into because man, am I struggling to make sideband contacts? Like I, I make some, but, um, you know, I just feel like maybe this is something I should be exploring. And, um, so I got, I went down that road first. Um, and then a few years into that, um, uh, they came out with uh, what was the first iteration of it, uh, JT65, which is a very slow, very weak signal mode. And that, albeit a little bit slow and not always that exciting, um, it is exciting when you make contacts with it. And it is perfect for operating on a limited, limited resources as far as a station goes. Um, so that's kind of where I began with that. And I started getting into Aries around the same time. Um, so I guess that's kind of the my introduction to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And you
0: mentioned, uh, is it an HOA sort of limitation for you?
2: Um, to be honest, I could put a tower up if I wanted to. It, it It's kind of more of a, um, I guess, keeping my spouse happy and a, uh, <laughs> a monetary resource constraint. Um, I don't think anyone would have too much of an issue with me putting up a tower, but I do not have a lot of property. I'm in town. Um, my entire lot front to back is probably, uh, maybe just under a hundred feet deep. Um, uh, so, you know, I don't have too much to work with in that regard. So wire antennas are where it's at. So Maybe, maybe though for HOAs,
0: uh, this is an interesting alternative and, and man, it goes pretty deep here because I, I get to, um, to hear a lot of stories about people who are aging, kind of and aging out of this hobby. And sometimes they're making moves that are difficult moves into homes, assisted living things. And I know that people do go toward the digital side. Of course you can't run a wire if you're in sort of the, uh, you know, your later chapters in life, but HOAs, we hear mm-hmm. a lot about these limitations. I think, do you think digital modes play an interesting, interesting role in keeping the hobby rolling for those who are struggling maybe with some space issues
2: or HOAs? Absolutely. Um, I think that it is the perfect way to, I guess, still gain, you know, full enjoyment out of the hobby when the sunspots aren't necessarily uh, in your favor and you're dealing with an antenna that's, you know, maybe a compromise of a compromise. I mean, you talk about certain antennas being a compromise. I have an NFED um, wire antenna. And, um, you know, that's a compromise in and of itself. And then the configuration in which you might have to put it up, uh, to satisfy an HOA requirement is even more of a compromise. And, um, you know, you end up losing a lot of signal effectiveness when you do that. And, um, you know, you can end up very frustrated, I think, um, with, with sideband, uh, in that regard, a lot of times stations just don't want to talk to people that they're having to work too hard to pull you out of the noise. And, um, I think this helps give you some of that that, uh, power back, you know, uh, it's designed to work below the noise level in, in, many regards. And sometimes that's where you operate at when you're dealing with, you know, maybe a low power, a low antenna. Um, and I think this is a perfect way for, for people in those sorts of compromised situations to still get a full enjoyment out of this great hobby.
0: And we'll talk, a little bit more about what it is that you you dig about it, and what sort of modes you enjoy, and why. Just a second here, but some of the the hams that are you know we're in an interesting demographic. There's probably ten years between us, or maybe more. I don't know, but we're probably still not in the majority age group in amateur radio. They just skew a bit older than we are, and there's mm-hmm. always a question. How do we get the next generation in? And it's a deeper conversation. And I've touched on it a little bit in the show and what I feel we need to do. But it's a constant conversation. And then you have hams that are so much into HF or VHF, UHF, that they feel the digital modes. I see it on our 100 Watts and Wire Facebook page. And you'll see... Um, just like these slights to the digital mode, that these they they're not considered these real modes. And I'm not trying to set you off and get you upset here on a day like this. But as we talk <laughs> about how it's an option for HOAs uh, and what you know, a grown person, your grown person, but on the younger side of what amateur radio uh, is skewing these days, can you talk a little bit about? That sort of, oh, what, what is it? FT8, FT8, and how it's not <laughs> real radio. Do you have a, a, a thought on not even so much a defense, but if you want to defend it, go ahead. But I, I, I'm interested in your perspective as somebody who sees it. I know you see it, I know you hear it, and uh, I, um, I'm
2: interested in your thoughts. Sure. Um, my approach to that whenever I have that counter with people is first of all, just to make sure that they understand. Um, there is this unusual thought that somehow the internet, that FT8 is internet dependent. And I don't know where that came from. Um, I do use an internet resource sometimes when I'm on FTA and that's really just as a propagation tool, but you, there's other ways of doing that. Um, so usually the first thing I try and clarify for some of the people that have been in the hobby for a long time is um, most of them are familiar with RIDI, with radio teletype and, and, I've never heard any of them say that RIDI isn't real radio. And if you look at it at its core, RIDI, you take a series of audio tones that your computer or device has created from text that you've given it. And it spews that out over the radio where then the reverse happens and it takes that audio tones and converts it back into a message. FT8 is is literally the same type of thing. So that's usually the first thing I bring up when people say it's not real radio. Um, I think the other aspect of where that mentality comes from is uh, like, oh, it's, it's so automated and you don't really actually have to do anything. There are aspects of it that are automated, but again, I've never heard anyone say that contesting isn't real radio. And, um, if you think about using macros when you're contesting even, or using maybe a voice keyer to save your vocal cords through a, a long sideband contest, you could really make the same argument there. So I, I really think that it boils down to either a misunderstanding or a, uh, an ignorance of how the protocol works, um, because that's really all it is. It's, it's like RIDI, but a million times more efficient and catered towards people working with a more, a more limited station, um, something that they might be able to utilize. And it's
0: such a contradiction when these hams are saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we?" And then people are out here actually trying to create programs and different modes and different things to interest new generations and different people in different situations. Yet they'll turn around and, and look, at, look down their nose at it. It's a little, um, I don't know, it, it's contradictory. It's frustrating. You know, you just
2: kind of roll your eyes uh, with it. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. I, I think that um I think the fact that you've introduced a computer into that um you might already get a little bit of attention, maybe from the younger generation, um, a little bit more readily. Um, because there's a little bit more, I guess you have you have your hand a little bit more on the inner workings of it a bit. Um you can go buy a radio and antenna and pick up a microphone and you maybe you had a lot of hand in the process of getting yourself on the air and maybe you really just it was plug and play. But I think that, you know, people that pick up these digital modes kind of dig into it a little bit more. Some of them do, some of them don't, and that's okay. Um, but I, I really just think that it's a good way to make use of some unfortunate circumstances and kind of turn that to our advantage. And um, I, I, with moderating Josh's group, we we see a lot of new hams come in there just to ask questions. And I, I feel more often than not, nobody's coming in and saying, hey, I've got seven acres, help me string up some wire. What's the biggest antenna I can get? Money's no object. Those things don't come up. Um, It's, hey, I really want to do this, but I'm on a postage stamp lot or I've only got maybe 600 bucks to throw at this or, um, you know, I live with my mom in an apartment and I'm only 16. Uh, I can't string up anything too crazy out back. And those are the kinds of situations that I counter... um, really frequently with, with moderating that group. And, and I see it to some extent in 100, um, you know, people reaching out for help and saying, hey, what can I do under these circumstances? And I think that these modes are, I guess, a, a really good way to still, like I said, get full enjoyment out of a, a great hobby.
0: Man, so many points there to talk about. I, I agree with the computer. And that's an interesting point that I hadn't thought about. With You know, computers in front of everybody all the time and in your pocket. And uh, that's an interesting point you make there. And I have to go back to 2012. And again, this is things I sort of talk about. The, the reason why this group even and the show started was that I was getting uh, advised by some older hams, bless their heart, great people. But they were basically saying, and they were speaking from a perspective of a retired accomplished person or semi-retired person who had the funds and the money and the land and the time, and the space, and everything was there, and I was like, man, maybe this isn't for me because, you know, my HT, a first HT I saved up for, I wanted it uh, to have a D star component just so I could talk outside of the neighborhood. I thought, oh, two miles, I don't know. I What gets me a little bit more, you know, so I started to invest in being able to do a little bit more with my HT, and I sat on an HT for you know, until about 2015 when I figured out how to get on HF. So I was getting advised by the old school, which was great, but it was more of if you don't do it this way, you're wrong. And I was thinking maybe it's not for me. This could be way too expensive. This could be like a rich dude hobby and I'm still grinding it out. And I've got, you know, I've got a young family. So um, the digital modes did appeal to me sort of on the periphery of radio of just not knowing anything. And then D-Star kind of popped into my head. So you made a lot of good points there with who, uh, and it's probably similar. I can't speak for Josh, but, you know, I created this because I was, I needed more answers. I needed more voices and uh, options. I didn't like being told, look, if you don't plant this pole in the ground, 33 feet, put that antenna up there just so, like a full wave, you're doing it wrong. You know, I needed (laughs) Their options. Like you said, I needed an nfit option. I needed to understand what these things were. not that these guys were wrong. I was younger and uh, just trying to get into it and needing good options without all the you know the icing on top of the cake. I just did, just couldn't do it that way. So d star was actually the first and really only digital mode that I had gravitated to and have some experience with. Maybe we can, uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back and talk about some of the actual modes. And maybe you can um, just tell us why you think they're interesting or important. And we'll, we'll come back and do that next. You got a couple more minutes? Absolutely. All right, we'll come back and we will talk to Evan, Whiskey 8, Kilo Juliet Romeo, more after this.
1: Whether you say 7.3 or 73, even 73s, we're still 100 watts and a wire.
0: LDG is proud to introduce a full line of HF Wire Antenna Kits using LDG's popular Balins and Unins. The wire antennas cover most of 80 through 10 meters and handle power levels up to 200 watts PEP. The wire antenna kits include a G5 RV, a 40 meter loop, a 40 meter dipole, an off-center fed Wyndham, and an end-fed long wire package. Each package contains stranded hard-drawn copper wire and insulators. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing advanced quality products to the amateur market. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. LDG Electronics. Everywhere you look, there's an LDG. Hi, it's Don Wellbanks, AE5DW from Amateur Radio Newsline and Ham Nation, and you're listening to Christian Kudnick, K0STH, on 100 Watts on a Wire. All right, we're back with Evan talking more about the digital modes. Evan, there's so much to talk about, and I think it's, a, it's great to have you here uh, to give your perspective and your experience on these modes. Uh, teach us, if you will, a little bit about some of the modes that you're familiar with or that you know that are out there. Maybe talk about why you like them and, and how they can be useful. And if that's too much, we can start to, to
2: take smaller bites. But what's out there in the digital world? <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot, Christian. It's, I, I can understand why it's daunting for somebody that's not delved into it yet. Um, because we throw these acronyms around like crazy. Hams love our acronyms. Uh, <laughs> um, so I can understand why it looks a little, it looks like a big thing to bite off. Uh, for other people. USL. And it still is USL. for me. USL. <laughs> yeah. <Correct. laughs> and it still is for me too. I'm, I'm still figuring out aspects of it. Um, so I like to group them, I guess, into a couple different categories. Um, my The where I got my start uh, was using a program called FL Digi, which stands for, I think it's Fast Light Digital Modem. And FL Digi is a, is a great computer program Uh, it's available on every major operating system, um, that gives you an entire slew of digital modes, everything from the old to the new, um, and you can take your pick of them. So it's a very versatile thing to have in your, uh, um, you know, in your arsenal. Um, the other ones, uh, I guess categorically that I would put kind of outside that realm would be, um, the, the Joe Taylor modes, I, I believe, uh, um, a program called WSJTX and a few others that work with those modes. So if you hear terms like FT8, JT65, JT9, et cetera, FT4, um, those are kind of all grouped together um, because they're run on the same software platform. Um, outside of that, uh, you have a few others to choose from, digital voice modes, and then we have Winlink, which is the one that's newest and freshest to me. Um, and they kind of all have their strengths and things that you can, you can draw on depending on what your, your chosen application is. Um, I would say that when it comes to working long distance contacts and getting the most bang for your watt, I'd say that the, um, the WSJTX category of modes is probably going to give you the most, and it's probably the easiest to digest and to set up. Um, beyond that, um, you and I had talked a little bit about how these apply to emergency communications, because I know that's something, that's something you've been diving into quite a bit lately.
0: Now, I know you um, I know your, your study, you found wind link, and I know that's part of the AWRL, and we'll have to pack this a little bit too. Uh, one of the first things we ever started talking about was ARI's work and uh, our interest in emergency communications. And it looks like the ARRL has put out new requirements for those of us who are interested in being ARIES volunteers for emergency work. Um, there are courses that you need to have as a prerequisite. Uh, you know that word I'm trying to say prerequisite? That's what there, it is. That's, that's awesome. the one. Spell it, it's called Go Evans. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's called. <laughs> And uh, and I just finished one, and it's part of their new kind of rule book. And I don't know, and we'll we'll get to that a little later. I don't want to get too far off the track, but WinLink is part of a, something that either needs to be downloaded or understood. And I'm like, ah, uh, Evan, you know, I kind of through <laughs> <laughs> there. Um, what do you see about the? Oh, let me ask you first. You mentioned you went through a, a several different options for digital stuff, and. For guys like me, I can get twisted up a little bit. I've got a slight dyslexia that, that frustrates me sometimes when I need to dig in uh, to manuals and try to get an understanding and programming. Uh, it's just another excuse. But is there are there things um, like resources online when you when you started to learn thing and you may, you may be um, really intuitive and pick this stuff up easier than other people? Are there Facebook groups, are there, you know, clear instructions, e- support out there? Where do you go if you're just trying to dig in? And we've we've kind of connected to someone out there uh, today and they're going, yeah, man, I'll try it. They're right. I'm not a nerd
2: for trying. I'm going to do it because they said it's cool. Where should they go for help? Excellent question. Um, the one thing I will say about um, the WSJTX program and their, the modes that are supported by that. Um, on his website, um, where you go to download it, um, he does have a few PDFs that take you through that process. So if you're, if you're the type of person that's good at digging into a book and reading and learning that way, I think that's an incredible resource. Um, if you're more of the visual type, I think YouTube's going to be your best friend there. Um, there's a saying in my family: it's uh, University of YouTube. And that basically is whenever you are in way over your head on something, whether it's um, plumbing or electrical or varnishing a door, it doesn't really matter what it is. But the the good news is that YouTube holds the answer. So I would say that that's a good medium for that. um, When you're really trying to dig into the technical aspects of how to set this stuff up and then, you know, finding a good community of other users. Um, 100 is a great community. Um, I think Josh has an excellent community um, you know, whoever you congregate with, use that knowledge base to get where you want to go.
0: Yeah, you want to have friendly people. And uh, like I said, I, I'm pretty sure that was a, an intent of Josh's and it's an intent of mine. We, we really don't have time with the moderating crew. They don't have time to put up with uh, any sort of, you know, unfriendly, unhelpful type of stuff. And, and you see it, the people I see that are getting moderated in our group are people who, you know, they're going down on uh, like, you know, FT8, they're putting up goofy memes, you know, they're kind of inflammatory uh, deals. And I think before we wrap it up, because there's so many other things that we can talk about and that you and I talk about, we'll get into ferro rods and knives and metal containers. (laughs) (laughs) Today we'll just just deal with our digital uh, interest. What is it about a digital mode? Last couple of questions. One is, what are you using the most like today? What are you most likely to hang up and go and use? And then what about that would make you go, yes, like, that's cool. Like, I just
2: hit this or I just did that. Um, I spent a lot of time on FT8 and its counterpart. Well, I don't know if I want to say counterpart. Derivative, which is JS8 call. and, And FT8 is very much canned um sort of exchanges back and forth um i love the fact that regardless of where the solar cycle might be and regardless of my the shortcomings of my antenna system i can fire that up and i can hear on almost any given night i can hear europe i can hear south africa if i'm lucky japan if i'm lucky um i just wouldn't be doing that with sideband right now with with the way my installation is and um i can hit all over the u.s with ease on almost any band um so that's a, that's a great deal of fun. And um, th- that tends to be a bit on the, the brief, almost contest-like exchange. So if you want to branch out a bit and go keyboard to keyboard, be a little bit more sociable, um, JS8 call is a derivative program that basically uses the same sorts of, of modes and protocols as FT8, but it, it takes that and it turns it into a keyboard to keyboard exchange, much like you, know, you talk to someone on Facebook or whatnot except you're doing it over radio. So that kind of rekindles that, um, you know, person to person communication. Um, there's mistakes to be made, there's risks to take. <laughs> um, the computer isn't doing all the work for you. Uh, so that kind of reintroduces some of that excitement as well. But I, I love the fact that, um, you know, with, with the installation that I have here, that it's, it's dependable, and I can fire up the radio and in the computer any day that we can have a good time. Okay. Any words
0: of advice for anybody who has been listening to us? Just uh, words of encouragement where they can go, and um, you know, give it a give it a shot. And, and you know, as we roll these out, we can talk about some of the things that you need. Uh, they can go off and explore these, and maybe find something that that feels right for them, or maybe interests them. And then we'll get into some of the interfacing and what you need to run a program like FT8 and that sort of deal. What kind of computers or whatever you need, because we didn't get to discuss that today. But somebody who's on the fence, maybe brand new, hearing us having this conversation, or maybe even better, what might be cool is if we get some of the old heads that are hanging out and scratching themselves on HF talking about whatever that no one cares about, That
2: what would inspire them and, and, and say, you know, just go do it, man. Try it. Well, the first thing I would say to that is <clears throat> don't be scared of it. Um, it it's still radio. If, you, if you're set up to do radio... You're probably almost completely set up to do these modes, so don't have you don't have to be scared of the expenditure. You don't have to really, I, I guess. It, it, there's not too much more to wrap your head around. You did all the work already. You got a license. You got a radio. You've been advancing in the hobby, and this is just one more, one more step to take up the ladder. Um, but as far as resources, like I said before, use whatever community that you're currently in. Um, use communities like 100 Watts and a Wire, use YouTube. Um, if you want to get down to the, the nitty gritty, if you've got a, a specific radio, even you can go to YouTube and type in what, your model of radio and FT8, and you can watch someone take you through all those settings. Um, so you don't have to be scared or intimidated by it. It's a very rewarding part of the hobby. Um, and as far as how to inspire somebody that's maybe not doing it yet. Uh, I guess, you know, if, if you're feeling a little bit disappointed with what, what sideband is doing for you, maybe because you're in an HOA or you're a, a phase of life where you just don't have the acreage to put up crazy antenna farms, um, you know, this is for you. And if you like to tinker with things that are new, this is for you too. And if I can add,
0: if you don't, uh, if you don't dig it, Just uh, one of the first lessons I got from an old school Elmer was to each their own. You know, it's just, if it's not for you, just maybe get out of the way, you know, just, it's okay. Go ahead and just do your (laughs) thing and let everybody else do what they need to do. It's it's uh, There's no need to kind of look down at it. And maybe, just maybe, this is part of the hobby and the modes that will keep it moving into the next generation. I don't know. We'll see. And uh, Evan and I will be discussing some other keyboard-based HF digital modes. We're going to do some uh, digital voice mode stuff. Some solar power. We'll dig into Aries as we go. So I appreciate you being here, Evan. Whiskey, a kilo, Juliet, Romeo, and uh, I'll send it back to you for your final.
2: <laughs> All right, Christian. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. It's a pleasure to speak with you, and uh, it's a pleasure to play a small part in giving back to this hobby that's done a lot for me over the years. So I'm really appreciative of the platform and of your time. 73, Evan. 73.
0: I think we're going to put the wraps on this one for this edition of 100 Watts and Wire. I appreciate you listening to that. I understand that many of you have your own aspects of amateur radio that you like to nourish. But let people be and do what they want to do. It's all right. They're not hurting you. They're not in bed with your wife. And if they are, then you're in a different boat. Okay? But just because somebody likes a digital mode and you like to do HF contesting or you hate contesting, I just want to rag chew these guys come up. Just leave people alone. That's what my father used to say. Leave people alone. Leave it alone. Snake, snake in the grass, leave it alone. Scab, leave it alone. Leave people alone. Let them do what they want to do. They're not bothering you. And it will cultivate and propagate this great hobby and public service that we call amateur radio. So be patient with people. Let them do what they want to do. And as long as they're doing it right within the uh, restrictions of their license, they're operating in the best interests of the people and the license that they carry, leave them alone. Leave them alone. We'll come back and we'll revisit more about digital modes, and lots of other things. We're going to talk to a lot of different people. Yep, that's what we're going to do. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise.
1: To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsandawire.com.